Hello and welcome to the Casuals to Degenerates podcast. I'm your host, Luke Probasco, and with me, as always, never misses a week, Jacob Belleville. Welcome, Jacob. Hello, hello, hello. I'm here. No bear tonight. Nope. Must be in hibernation with this snow here in Iowa. Must be. Is it still snowing there in Ankeny? I think it's just blowing around now. Nice fluffy stuff. Very light. We got, we got, it's all coming down. I was uh, just at the local drinking hole not too long ago. Roads are uh, a little slick out. Um, wasn't drinking or driving. If you're a police officer listening to this, I uh, had just two beers, had my dinner, came home. I'm fine. I mean, you'll be able to listen to this podcast and maybe some of my takes you might think I'm drunk, but I'm not. I'm not. Uh, I don't really have a quick take tonight. I've really been slacking. Do you have a quick take for me, Jacob? Is there anything that you want to ask the audience or myself? Would you rather have player A or player B? Or, you know, are you an animal if you eat Oreos without milk? Things, you know, such as that. Sure. Um, hmm. All right, I got one. Okay. Waffles, pancakes, French toast. Keep trade cut. So keep is definitely French toast. Okay. Cut, pancakes, trade waffles. And are you trading waffles due to you think the ROI there or like you just hate waffles and you just need them out of the locker room? Waffles are kind of okay, but you got like the, you got a little bit of a crunch to a waffle. Um, so I think there would be people willing to pay up for that. I think there's some crazy waffle people out there. Pancake people generally live in trailers. So I'm going to go with, um, yeah, keep the French toast because that's the, that's the best sweet breakfast that you can have. So I asked my wife this same question last week because we were out eating brunch and she would keep French toast. Um, but she also so she kind of wants to keep pancakes. I was like, why do you want pancakes? She goes, well, when you go out to a restaurant, it's really hard to mess up pancakes. And I don't really know, like, your kitchen staff and stuff. It's like, you can kind of mess up waffles, but you really can't mess up pancakes. So if I wanted something safe, I'm going to order pancakes from a restaurant. I was like, that's that's a pretty solid answer. Like, it's really hard to mess up pancakes. I will say this. There is a restaurant here in Des Moines called Django. And it's a French restaurant. It's all fancy. They had a dessert that was basically, I don't even know. It was like two inch thick French toast. that then they put like a bourbon caramel sauce over it and like candied pecans. It was the best Ooh, dessert I've ever had in my life. And during COVID, they got rid of it. Like we, we used funny. to. We used to go eat dinner downtown 
then me and my wife would just go in there for like that dessert. And now it's gone. Wow. And they lost now they've lost two customers. Yeah. I mean their food's really good, so like we'll still go there, but there's no dessert. The best dessert I've ever had in my entire life. The McGriddle. It was life changing. The McGriddle. <laughs> I uh those things are good. My you wife and I were on our way down the quick hitter as an option. Uh okay. Um, we were on our way to Tennessee and we stopped in some hole in the wall mom and pop shop. You walk in, you're really not sure is this a restaurant? Like I, I don't really know what's going on here. They've got those like fly traps like hanging from the ceilings. Um was it a waffle I house? Don't think I want to eat here. It was not. It was not. Just some mom and pop shop. And they had caramel pie. I'm a caramel fan. I was like, I'll try this caramel pie. And she's like, oh no, honey. It's caramel. I'm like, all right, I'll I'll try the caramel pie. I took about three bites of that, and it was like it wasn't like an outrageously huge slice of pie, but it wasn't small. It wasn't a little sliver. But I took about three bites of that, and I'm pretty sure I got diabetes from it. And I like felt like I couldn't eat anymore. It was just like straight caramel. Like it was just pie crust and caramel. Like that's that's it. And I forced myself to eat it all because it was like it was really, really good. And I've never had anything since that, you know. Never come across something like it, but it was amazing. Uh, so if you ever come across caramel pie, I would highly suggest it. Uh, maybe ba- made better in the South, I'm not sure, but also like just prepared to either not be able to finish it all or like definitely get diabetes. Caramel is surprisingly easy to make. So maybe I'll make, gonna make a caramel pie for the draft. Maybe I'll make you a caramel pie. It'll be a frozen pie crust. That, and then I mean, that... normal. <laughs> I would love it. I would love it. I also want to try one of these pecan pies, these famous Jacob Belleville pecan pies. I've only made one, so I don't know why you're saying they're famous, but it was good. It turned out good. It's they're famous. To I be mean... honest, it's basically a caramel pie that you put nuts in. <laughs> So a lot of people, I mean, getting back to the breakfast. Pecan nuts, I should clarify, not my nuts. Um, A lot of people say that waffles are just pancakes with abs. That's what a lot of people say. Yeah, there's there's a texture component to waffles that I think you could get somebody to buy, pay a little extra for, you know? Especially, then you can call them Belgian, whatever the hell that means. <laughs> or you can make a pancake really, really thin and call them a crepe. Yeah. All right. League chat, let us know what you want. Keep trade cut. French toast, pancakes, waffle, D. McGriddle for Jacob. All right. Make sure you go out, you rate review give us a download give us a five-star rating 
Um, if it's not a five star rating, don't bother with it. We don't want the four star. Um, you can go to the transfer portal for all we care. We only accept five stars. NCAA news. Big Wait. news this week. Whoa. One thing. One thing about the rate and review stuff. Also, if you can comment anything that we can talk about, like in the offseason, because we kind of want to keep it go- this going, but we're going to run out of stuff. We need. Now, we did a really good job last year. We had a whole bunch of guests on, we had a lot of content. The league chat just not telling us anything that they want. Drop something in there. What do you want to hear? Nobody says anything. Uh, but yeah, if you're a listener and you want to hear something more, drop a DM to Jacob or me on the X, wherever you might get in contact with us. Let us know what you want to hear. NCAA news is just a coaching carousel. So we've got Kalen DeBoer going. I think he might have even won National Coach of the Year going from Washington to Alabama, brings over as his defensive coordinator, Kane Womack, the South Alabama head coach. Ryan Grubb, the OC from Washington, keeps the running back coach there and then brings in Maurice Lindquist, the Buffalo head coach. Uh, Not sure what the salary is for Lindquist right now, but he was making 680K there at Buffalo. Kane Womack, the D.C., the former head coach at South Alabama, was making 810k. He's expected to make $2 million plus. I mean, these Power 5 new coaches are just coming in, taking G5 head coaches and doubling their salary. Why wouldn't you want to just, you know... I, I, I doubt everybody wants to be a head coach. It, it probably takes a certain type of person to like want to be the head coach. Um, probably some people are just fine being whatever kind of coordinator. But, I mean, if you're a head coach, double your salary. Probably your strength and conditioning program is going to be better going from a G5 to a P5. Better athletes, better recruiting, all this stuff make more money and I don't want to say it's going to be less work, but it seems like it's less work. Cause you're not always kind of looking over your shoulder. Like I think it's the hardest part about being in the G five is like, Oh, I got this guy who's like under the radar and everybody didn't believe in him. I believed in him, you know, built him up for a couple years. Then he performs for a year and then some P five school, but Purdue, just comes in like, hey, you want to come play for us? I was like, all right, Power 5, let's go. You're always like looking over your shoulder of trying to keep guys that are good on your team. So it's like more money. Maybe it's less work. I'm not exactly sure, but sign me up for that. And then we've got Jed Fish going from Arizona to Washington. Brings the whole coaching staff with them, uh, all the offensive coaches i don't know about the defensive guys but he brought a a slew of coaches with him there Uh, swirling rumors around if tet mcmillan and noah fafita are going to come with them or not sounds like they're staying in arizona uh tet mcmillan and uh noah fafita have their own podcast that they do it sounds like they are staying put in arizona at least for now new arizona head coach brent brennan 
again, comes to Arizona from San Jose State. At San Jose State last year, he made $1.03 million, which was kind of surprising to me. Um, seems like that job would make less money, but maybe I mean, maybe that's right. But, yeah, now he goes to Arizona, and he's going to make, depending on the year, um, he's going to make $2.2 to $3 million a year. He has starts at 2.2 and each year of his five-year deal goes up by $200,000. So that uh, is the coaching carousel. So it's like Washington comes open, then Arizona comes open, now San Jose State comes open. Don't really know how, you know, who's going to take that job because you got, you know, what used to happen was you'd have G5 up-and-comers either get coordinator jobs at the P5 or they would come to more desirable head coaching P5 or G5 teams. And I think that is all gone out the window. So I'll be curious and see what San Jose State brings um, there. Uh, and then breaking tonight is Bill O'Brien goes to Ohio State to be the co-OC. People are losing their minds on co-OC. Does that mean, uh, oh, what's his name? Heartline is getting demoted. And it's like, well, Ryan Day was calling the plays anyways. He just, you know, kind of had that title. So he's going to be co-OC, but it's going to be Bill O'Brien calling the plays, which I don't love for Iowa, or for Iowa, for Ohio State. Um, it's not like... I mean, he had a whole bunch of great guys with him at Alabama, play-calling suspect. Uh, we've seen the last couple of years here at uh, New England what that play-calling has been like. I really don't know what, what this is going to be like here in Ohio State. I would assume with bringing Quinshot Judkins, having Henderson, bringing in Will Howard, I would assume they're really just going to run the ball a whole bunch. But I don't know. Any thoughts, Jacob, on any of that coaching news? Um, I don't know. Bill O'Brien, like he's kind of been in a rough stretch, but I think he actually is a good offensive coach. I can see it working out at Ohio State. I also think Ohio State's kind of looking sideways at Ryan Day. Like we've talked about it on here, but like if he doesn't yeah. beat Michigan, Michigan again, he's out. So then who's, yeah, like, who's next? You're going to do Brian Hartline, who hasn't called plays? It's like, you know, really thought he might get canned this year if he didn't win. Uh, the drum beat isn't that strong this offseason. But Michigan, if you lose Jim Harbaugh, they're losing a whole bunch of people off that line. You lose your quarterback. You lose one of your running backs. You lose your a couple of your wide receivers like, Sure, you're not going to be like it's not like nobody's are coming back. They're still good athletes, but you got a lot of that core team that helped you win a national championship. If you can't beat that team with all the guys that you have coming back on defense, and you know you go out and get your quarterback, and you have Travion Henderson and Mecca Buka coming back. I don't know how he keeps his job. Like Ohio State fans will lose it. Mm-hmm. But I'm gonna go out on a limb and 
I don't know if Michigan is going to even make the playoffs this year. It's not a well. I guess it goes to twelve teams, right? It goes to twelve teams, but I don't. I don't know if they make the playoffs this year. They're losing like their entire offensive line, right? Yeah. Yeah. It'll be hard. I mean, so. that's why that's why they won this year. That offensive line and defensive line. Defensive line was good too. So it's me and there was line play. I'm just saying they were running for like eight yards a carry. So I. I'm a little bit bummed. Um, I'm really glad that this Jed Fish news from Arizona to Washington came out because earlier that day, I'm trying to remember the day that it actually happened, but I was about to put a future Big 12 championship on Arizona. And then something came up. Kid asked me for something and then get busy and I don't do it. And then later that night, Jed Fish goes to Washington or these rumors and I'm like, wow. My kid just saved me. I don't know. I was going to bet like five units, ten units on it. I don't know. Nothing crazy. But I was really excited for what Arizona, you know, was going to do. And now I'm afraid. Yes, you're going to have some of the same players, but I just. There's something about Jed Fish and the way he's able to get get performance out of his, his team. Now he goes to Washington with no quarterbacks uh on the roster zero scholarship quarterbacks on the roster so good luck yeah i think the quarterback situation in washington is going to be real weird i think wide receiver they still might be okay even with tayshawn Lyons and jeremy bernard hitting the transfer portal i'm surprised you don't believe in brent brennan yeah i don't know a lot about him I have to do some more digging, but I mean, he's, he's the, he's the Matt Campbell of San Jose state. He's, he's definitely done a lot with a little, I can't say San Jose state has been a, a desirable place to go. And he wins and he flirts with bowl games every year and, you know, wins some here and there definitely runs the ball a lot, um, which probably isn't great for Ted McMillan. Yeah, but there's been some years where at I was looking back at San Jose State, and there's been some years where they're like 270 to 300 yards passing a game. So not bad. So Maybe. I'm sure I'll do a breakdown of, of Arizona. I, I'm planning on on my sub stack of really trying to keep track of coaches and where they go and what their tendencies are and maybe who are breakout guys to, to look forward to. So – it's been it's been a crazy. I haven't been keeping track of all of them, but at some point I will start doing that. But that's all I got for NCAA news. Not a lot, other than the coaching carousel. And Iowa still does not have an uh, OC, so really, nope. you know, they I must, didn't put in my resume. They must have a lot of interviews lined up, a lot of people looking forward to joining the Iowa staff. Um, they just That offense is ready to take flight, and I think a lot of coaches see that. Well, I think, I think they're about to get their OC. Ken Proctor goes to the transfer portal, probably comes back to Iowa, and they crown him player coach, um, OC. Uh, and they just run the ball every play to the left side. 
Yeah, that's not going to work. Why not? NFL news. So, back by popular demand, more Falcons talk. The Falcons have interviewed Bill Belichick for a second time. And it looks like he might get named the new head coach. I believe um, I read that Atlanta spent about $81 million in free agency last year, so a lot. And they're kind of middle to bottom of the league in cap space for going into next year. Um, basically, that means that they cannot overhaul the roster and rebuild. So bringing in like a veteran coach like Belichick, maybe that works. But it's still a stopgap because there's no way he's coaching for another 10 years. So you're really finding a guy for the next like two, three years, get him to 15 wins, let him retire. Maybe you flirt with the Super Bowl. I don't know. Probably not. Because coaches don't matter. What's going to happen in these interviews or what has happened? In these interviews, I would imagine questions um, like, what would you ask Bill Belichick, the greatest coach that we have in pro or college sports? Um, Question one, Bill, can you tell me more about these Super Bowls? Um, Are they cool to win? Uh, you seem like you have a lot of them. Uh, can you bring one to Atlanta? Maybe. <laughs> like just one word in. Like, what? What are you really interview? He's not interviewing. He's basically telling you where he's at in his career, how much money he wants, and he's interviewing the Falcons. That's what's happening. pretty much. And he's basically going to be saying, "Hey." I want this much control or I'm not willing to cede this much control. That's basically, it's a negotiation. It's not an interview. I would also like to coach remote. I would like to stay in Nantucket and I would just have uh, a computerized me around uh, with the sweatshirt on. Uh, I would also like to get rid of the dome because I like the cold. So we're going to have to rip this uh, dome. Well, we also, and Nate seems to think that Russell Wilson's going there. I don't see Bill Belichick and Russell Wilson jiving. Russell Wilson doesn't play within the structure of an offense. Do you think that is what uh, Bill's looking for? I don't think so. I just, so I listened to this podcast and Gronk was on it. And he was like, Talking about, I think it was Edelman has a podcast and it was his and, you know, like, what was it like to be, you know, a tight end with Bill Belichick? And it's like, you know, hey, Edelman, remember that time like we went out and like Gronk had like arm surgery and Edelman had like leg surgery or something like this or an arm surgery. And they go out and they get plastered in in, uh, the off season. It was like couple days before like preseason workouts or something like that. And people are taking videos of them out there just like being dummies. And they come back to the facility and Bill Belichick's like, you idiots can't stay out of the press for like two days. You're out drinking. Da, 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 da. And then like Gronk's just like, yeah, I'd like go out and I party like every night. And <laughs> 
then I'd like, you know, I'd show up to work and I'd, you know, catch touchdown passes and I'd do what I was supposed to do. And it's like, you could know Bill just hated it, but like, I'm too good. You can't like keep me out of the end zone. It's just like Gronk, I feel like, is like any story that Gronk has about Bill Belichick, I will listen to because he seems to be the player that does everything that Bill's like, see, if you would have listened to me, you know, this wouldn't have happened. But like, he just bucks all the trends and he's like, do the exact opposite of Bill and I'm going to ball out. Well, Lawrence Taylor, too, who he's like on record saying is the greatest football player ever. Lawrence Taylor, like, didn't even show up half the time to meetings. <laughs> so, I don't know. We'll see how all that goes. But I think, I think if I'm Bill Belichick, it's, it comes down to if I want to be involved, you know, as involved as he was in New England. Now, are you trying to relinquish power? Or are you just so used to that that's that's what you want to continue doing? That's your comfort zone. Because I can see Arthur Blank just having a lot of money and just like, yeah, you guys do what you need to do. Like, I'm not going to be a Jerry Jones and, like, meddle in with what you want to do. I can see that. You do the play. Like, you know football. I don't know football. You make those decisions. Now, if he goes to, like, you know, he's not interviewing at Carolina, but he goes to a Carolina and they're all up in his business as to like, all right, you're going to draft this person or this person. Like I can see Bill like, no, I'm not doing that. He's definitely not going anywhere where they're going to be up in his business. I think it just depends on like how much control he's going to have again. And if he's okay with it. Then we also have Atlanta. They interviewed Brian Johnson of the Eagles and um, hands down some of the worst play calling I've ever seen was him or Nick Sirianni. Not really sure who was calling the plays uh, this season for the Eagles. So I have no idea how he's getting like head coaching interviews. I mean, we're, we're talking wide receiver screen, wide receiver screen, quarterback draw punt like 10 times a game. The other part is not like they uh, they ended the season on a high note. Like no. ended on a nice little skid there, and never really seemed to turn it around. Except for like, let's switch defensive coordinators and actually statistically get worse on defense. Yeah, they're awful. So the fact that he's interviewing at Atlanta, I just don't even understand it. Then we've got uh, Pittsburgh and Philadelphia are reportedly looking for, get this, an innovative offensive coordinator. Wouldn't it be great if, like, just everybody could find one of those? I'm sure it's easy, right? Um, You know what name I have not heard really mentioned at all, whether it's in TV, other podcasts, um, but – uh. Is it Bellamy, the the coach that was at the Chiefs that went to the, the, the Commanders? Yeah, the enemy. Like, no one's talking about him. Everyone was, like, all like, okay, yep, he's going to do all this stuff for the Commanders, this and that, and then, like, the season started. I haven't heard of his name once. 
Not really. I mean, other than Sam Howell throws the ball a whole bunch, and they probably wrecked his arm by throwing it so much. He also took it's about a ridiculous amount of sacks, but <laughs> but that's a name that like was a hot name out there that just died. Like no one. Well, and it was weird. It was always weird because he was a hot name for like fans and stuff like that. But then he would get these like interviews. And for whatever reason, no team would ever choose him. So I don't know. Like they were talking about like maybe he's bad at interviews or something like that. There's got to be some personality trait that like people don't think jives. I'll have to look up something. But there was there was a personal matter that he had that probably oh, some well, teams. Yeah, but that was like back in college, I believe. Oh, okay. I mean, he's been in the league now years and years and years. So I don't know if how that can really hold you back. If he's okay to be a you know offensive coordinator, why isn't he okay to be a head coach? All right. Here are the teams that are currently vacant or looking for head coaches. We got Carolina, Atlanta, Chargers, Washington, Seattle, Las Vegas, and Tennessee. If you were a head coaching candidate, where do you want to go? I think the place that I would want to go. Probably. The Chargers, because the hardest thing to get is a quarterback and you know your quarterback. Apparently it's not. That's what I would say. I, you know, if you believe in Bryce young, you don't believe in Bryce young. If you know, that would kind of depend, but then you've got the owner kind of in your business. Like, you know, if you, if you want to make, like, I feel like if you go to Carolina or Las Vegas, you're going to have somebody behind the scenes like kind of pulling at strings or or pushing you to do something that maybe you don't believe in, but you have to do it anyways. And then when it doesn't work, they're going to be like, why did you do that? That was dumb. You're fired. It's like, okay, I just lost my job because I did what you told me to do. So I don't think I would want to go to Carolina. Don't think I would want to go to Las Vegas. It seems like Seattle would be a great place to go. I mean, but I I don't know. Honestly, if I just want to live in Seattle. Great atmosphere for a 12th man. Um, yeah, I think I'm going to go with the Chargers. Because I think I can, I can make – I can get players that I want, and I've got a quarterback that, you know, I can build the team around. Yeah, I definitely think Carolina is probably the worst situation for anybody to want to go into. They're just going to get whoever's left for a head coach. I think I personally would probably pick Washington with the new ownership change, kind of be a part of that. They've got pieces. It's not like they have bad players on that team. I think you'd have to pay for coffee every day. Well, new ownership. We're gonna we're gonna put a free Starbucks in there. It'll be fine. 
I think I might go Washington. Chargers, I just don't think like how can you get excited for a game when only 13 people show up? Well, plus you ha- you have the expectation of if it's a close game, you're going to lose. Um that's just kind of what happens. So it's like, okay. Hey, guess what? We're in a close game and lost. Like you know, the bar's really low. Just win a couple of them like, wow, this guy's really good. Then in Las Vegas, like if your team stinks, then people are just going to go to like Cirque du Soleil or like Penn and Teller. I don't like that. Seattle, I mean, definitely a good fan base, good stadium, good atmosphere. Yeah, I think it, for me, it'd be Washington. I'd probably go Atlanta. Like Tennessee ownership seems to muddle because yeah, like Vrabel didn't want you know to get rid of AJ Brown and it's like all right, let's get rid of AJ Brown and let's get this Traylon Burks guy that will kind of take his place. That hasn't really worked out. No, um, so I don't think I would want to go there, even though it's probably one of the easier divisions you know to win. So I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go Washington, then Seattle, then Atlanta, then Chargers. Tennessee, Las Vegas, and definitely last Carolina. Carolina is so far in last, it's hard to even put words to that. But also, I would go and move my family there and coach there tomorrow for a coaching salary. Yeah. So if anybody from the Carolina front office is listening to this, I, I'm a hard worker. Would you I know help, you said I can help you sell merch? You <laughs> said that you did not apply for the Iowa offensive coordinator position. No, but let's say you put your hat in the ring. You get selected. You get you get paid to be uh, a coaching salary there at the University of Iowa. Are you moving your family there to coach OC at University of Iowa? Do you want me to move to Iowa City? Yep. You can't do it remote. You got to be there. No, I'd probably commute. Commute, commute for Ankeny? Yeah. It's only two hours, two and a half hours. I mean, practically during football season, you're just like in the facility all the time anyways. So yeah, you just pull a chat out, Chosinko. You just no, I, I got. No, I have nothing against Iowa City other than the University of Iowa. Would you wear cyclone clothing? What? Would you wear cyclone clothing every day um, to help motivate the players? Yes. And then I'd remind them that Dan Gable is actually a cyclone. <laughs> really, really get to him there on the on the uh, on the wrestling front. You know, that's why I think. The state of Iowa does good with offensive linemen in general is because they really focus on those big boys that have good footwork who who do the wrestling. You know, there are not too many offensive linemen who wrestle and don't have good footwork that are good at football. I mean, you can you can have wrestle and have bad footwork, but you're also not a good offensive lineman. They're like hand in hand. It's like it's just like someone who does gymnastics. They're they're better at balance. Like they're better at controlling their body. Yep. 
But like, where where else do huge, awesome offensive linemen come from? Got a lot of them in Pennsylvania. What's Pennsylvania got? A ton of wrestling. What do you got in Minnesota? Ton of wrestling, and you got huge offensive linemen coming out of there. Maybe you're onto yeah. something. Maybe wrestling is really the feeder system to elite offensive line play. And then down south, it's just like there's a lot of you know southern cooking um, that leads to a lot of big boys, and yeah, maybe they're fried. not great with their feet. It's just fried food. I mean, it doesn't help their balance. <laughs> but you know, I think there's definitely a big correlation. So when you go to the University of Iowa and you start recruiting. I don't want to see any recruit on there that didn't wrestle. You know who wrestled? You did. Well, yeah, but Ray Lewis, two-time Florida State champion. I did not know that. Did you know that uh, Rowdy Roddy White was also a state champion in wrestling? Uh, Do you mean Rowdy Roddy Piper? No, Rowdy Roddy White. Okay. The guy who taught Julio Jones everything he knew. Okay. <laughs> no, I did not know that. Stephen Neal, NCAA champion in wrestling, then played for the Patriots and won Super Bowls. Were you aware? I was not aware. Brock Lesnar. Brock Lesnar. Vikings, pra- Vikings practice squad player. Yep. yep. Other <laughs> things tend to work tend to work out for him, though. Yes. And it was all because of his footwork. All because of his footwork, all because of his wrestling background at the University of Minnesota. Funny enough, Brock Lesnar lost to Stephen Neal in the NCAA Finals. Go check that out. It's on YouTube. It's fun to watch. All right. We got some playoff matchups. Let's make some picks. First one, Texas Texans versus Ravens at the Ravens. Who are you taking? Ravens. I will also take the Ravens. Uh, CJ Stroud, what he's done is uh, pretty awesome, but I think that Ravens defense is going to be enough to uh, disguise things that he hasn't seen, and Lamar Jackson is still really good at football, no matter what the Southern Bear has to say. The other thing, the other thing that we're not really talking about, they just signed Dalvin Cook. That is an upgrade at running back. I mean, now they got Gus the Bus for short yardage and Dalvin Cook between the twenties, plus the color. Yes, Super Bowl color. I mean, gonna happen. All right, next one <coughs> versus Forty ers I believe you're a San Francisco fan. I am. At San Francisco, are you going to take your team? Uh, bang, bang, Niner King. Let's go 49ers. Um, I got a lot of flashbacks to my childhood. So here on Tuesday, I'll be turning 35. A lot of my childhood was Steve Young versus Brett Favre wildcard weekend. Uh, the 49ers lose to the Packers. Then the Packers go and they play the Cowboys and then like the Steelers are playing the Cowboys or, or Green Bay in the, in the Super Bowl. Like, I feel like that was a lot of my childhood. Now it's like, okay, now the 49ers get the bye and the Cowboys 
Packers play. That was like one of the games that I could – I watched because I wanted to see the game, but I wanted like both teams to tie at like a negative 70. So, very, very unlikable teams. Yeah. Yeah, I've got – I'll take San Francisco. I think Jordan Love is um, – I don't know, whatever. Everybody thinks Jordan Love's like the next Aaron Rodgers and Brett Favre because they like to helmet scout and all that stuff. Jordan Love just doesn't do it for me. Ain't do you no think, do you think in San Francisco. Do you think Ian has solved, you know, what is – I feel like Jordan Love has been this huge asset to Ian's team in our, our league. I was mm-hmm. looking at Ian's team over the weekend, I think it was during that game because I see the Packers, I see a lot of hatred, and then I think of Ian and how Ian beat me in the finals, and I have a lot of hatred mm-hmm. um, for that. So I was looking at his team. He got, like, rookies. Like, this is a great thing about C2C leagues, bringing up guys that, you know, you have on your team. He's got Puka Nakua. He had uh draft – I think he drafted Amon Ross St. Brown. But he's got – uh, a core of young guys that, you know, assume Puka Nakua kind of continues to, I mean, I don't know if what he did this year is something that he can repeat, but like, well, you, you figure that he's a, probably an 1100, 1200 yard receiver going forward. Yeah. He's a wide receiver two, one borderline wide receiver one going forward. Amon Ra. Uh, I'm trying to remember who he had at running back. I don't think his running backs. Tyron Williams. Yeah. I don't know. I'm not. I'm not totally bought in on Kyron Williams. Like going forward, I think he's kind of like a Singleton or Singletary um, type. Like, okay, yeah, he had a great year, but like we're not sold on you. Mm-hmm. Um, trying to remember who he had at tight end. It was fine. But yeah, I think Jordan Love and his season really propelled. Uh, Ian to this win. So if if Jordan Love is is the real deal, and he's got Kyler Murray, and you know they get Marvin Harrison Jr. whatnot there in Arizona, Ian's team might be set up for a while. And it you know you could say it's thanks to drafting Amon Ra wherever he did, and you know having Kyrie Williams on his NCAA roster coming up, and having Puka on his NCAA roster coming up. Uh, Pays and I, the last couple of days I've been just kicking myself. JT Sanders could have been on my team. Got Austin Reed. Try to win the NCAA side. I didn't win, so it wasn't worth it. Had I won, it would have been worth it. But so well, Ian, if it makes you feel any better, I traded CJ Stroud for Deshaun Watson. Oh, you did? Oh, that's right. <laughs> that is right. Sometimes it works out. Sometimes it doesn't. Yeah, what did Nate know that we didn't? That's what we need to know. Probably nothing. That guy is clueless. Yeah, I just just didn't realize Deshaun was, like, so dust, you know? Yeah. Figured he's, like, still, like, top 15. Not. He's not. So, Ian, I might be your number one hater now. 
Congratulations. Maybe that team I never, you know, talk about. Never say their team's name. All right. Next matchup, Bucks-Lions at Detroit. I think we are all in agreement. We all want Detroit to win this game. We all want it. We all want Detroit. I want, now that the Eagles are out of it, I've always been like a secret, like Ravens have been kind of been my team outside the Eagles that I'll root for. I am rooting for Detroit to win it all. That would be so cool for that city. Yes. It actually cares about football, unlike the Chargers where Luke wants to coach. Can you imagine what the NFL draft will be like if the Lions were to win the Super Bowl? Like that place, come draft night, picking 32nd, like that'll be crazy. Eminem doing lose, lose yourself, like on the stage before the first pick. Maybe crazy. we should go. Maybe we should go. If that happens, draft. if that happens, I would go to Detroit. Why don't we, instead of having the uh, league draft where we watch the draft all together at Tweet's house, we just all go to Detroit and we, we get a suite. Detroit. We get Detroit pizza and then we go to the draft. Who says no? Probably, it'd probably be Grim. Grim would say no. I don't know. Guy just doesn't want to have fun. Then the game that I don't care who wins, Chiefs versus Bills at Bills. This one's probably the hardest one to like pick, I would say. I think this is a key game in Patrick Mahomes' legacy that he is building. If he, the Bills have always come to him, like he's always playing home playoff games. If he can't go on the road and win a game, I think it's going to be a little tainted. Now, then let's say next year they have to play another road game and he doesn't win. Then he'll have like all this speculation that he can't win on the road. I think, I think he's got to, you know, win there on a road, on the road. So I'm going to take, I'm going to take the Chiefs. You have the Bills come in. They beat them at home. I think the Chiefs go beat the Bills. Um, and the Bills just keep looking at the Chiefs as that team that they can't get over. So I don't think this is a big deal for Patrick Mahomes' legacy, even though I'm I'm a Mahomes kind of hater. I hate on a lot of quarterbacks, let's be real. But, <laughs> like, he's got two Super Bowls, two MVPs. This is a big game for Josh Allen. It is, yep. Josh Allen needs to get over the hump. This is, to a lesser extent, this is like a Tom Brady-Peyton Manning type thing. You got MVP, Super Bowl champion. This time, the Colts get to play the Patriots, you know, in Indy. They can get that win because I feel like, you know, during that whole matchup, it really was key who, you know, if you're playing it in Indy or in Foxborough, and once they got in Indy and they won, that was huge. So maybe the, maybe this is for the Bills. Maybe this is Josh Allen getting over that hump. Because if you don't win this year, yep. I mean, they really struggled for most of the year. They, they kind of turned the ship around there a little 
later than halfway through the year, but yeah, but now they're like one of the hottest teams in football. Gotta get just gotta get hot at the right time. I'm going with Casey. I'm gonna go with the Chiefs. I don't like picking the Chiefs because their fans are annoying. Brett, if you happen to listen to this particular episode, all you Chiefs fans are annoying. He won't listen to it. I I doubt it. I'm going with He's already the, checked out. Listen, I'm going with the Chiefs. Um I just think their defense is really good this year. I think Josh Allen's gonna throw some picks. I feel like that's pretty safe. Josh Allen throws over under one and a half picks. I feel like I feel like it's over. But yeah, I guess like according to Vegas, that's the only upset that I'd really go with this next weekend. So then we got a Bills, Ravens, 49ers, Lions, Super Bowl. Do you feel like whoever wins this 49ers Packers game realistically goes to the Super Bowl? Or do you think that lion roar, that one pride is just enough to keep it going? I think the Lions can beat the Packers. I don't think they can beat the Niners. But I want them to. Because you hate Christian McCaffrey? Is that why? No, but I do hate Brock Purdy. (laughs) For an Iowa State fan who just has so much hate for Brock Purdy. You should know by now that I'm probably – I have the most hate for the teams that I root for. Anything else we we got tonight? Not that I'm aware of. We want to look in the league chat. I mean, I know you put something out there, like, "Hey, yeah, I asked him, uh, what do you want us to talk about?" And nothing. Nope. Who's looked at it? Who can we call out? Nate, Chad, and Hater. Nothing. You know what? Jacob, we should take a night off some night where we just have, like, Nate and Ian. Let's, like, put that duo together some night. Okay. And they podcast. You know what, Ian? I know you're listening. Nate, you're going to listen. You guys up to do a podcast together some some Thursday night? Let us know in the chat. Jacob and I want a night off. It could be whatever you want to want it to be, but you have to speak very, very nicely of um, Jacob and mine's team. We don't really care what you say about tweets. Um, he can't win on the NCAA side, can't win on the NFL side. Just bash his team. That's fine. Um, yeah, that's about all I got. Can't say start your studs. Um, I don't really have a going out thing here. So, you know, roads are slick least here in the midwest so stay safe put a little kitty litter in your car help get some traction if you get stuck i know people who are listening to this you know out in different countries who who don't have to worry about driving in the snow don't think about it but yeah make sure you got a nice survival pack a blanket yeah kitty litter could do some wonders help with that traction kitty litter um i don't know the types of brands but they're not a sponsor but if you want to sponsor us Uh, for the podcast, that would be great.
You got Tidy Cats. You got Arm and Hammer. What else? CJ, you're perfect. Seal. Help with our merch. We're going to have Casuals to Degenerates podcast with like Arm and Han- Hammer kitty litter on the back. They would sell like French toasts at a breakfast shop. They would. All right. I guess. I guess I do have a going out for this. Wait out. Wait out. Shout out to Oil Dry, who I'm pretty sure makes all that and then just ships it to those manufacturers. <laughs> there you go. And then they just put a different label on it. That's right. I don't know why I didn't think about this earlier, Jacob. I know That's you. Called... That's called capitalism. I know you have a strong stance that coaches don't matter. And here we are. I think they, they, listen, I think they matter the appropriate amount, but you will never see me going like, oh my God, Phil Jackson made Michael Jordan. Like what? Who are you people? I bet you Grim believes that. Grim probably thinks that Phil Jackson made Kobe, made Shaq, made Michael Jordan. What made Iowa uh, as a team successful? Was it... The Big Ten West, or was it Kirk Ferentz? Phil Parker. So, okay. All right, continue. What are you asking about coaches not mattering? Well, my – I just want to say goodnight. Jacob, don't forget, coaches matter. Talked about it all show. Coaches matter. And don't hate the player, hate the game. And I'm Triple H. Good night. Bye.